Good evening. This is the Tomorrow Christian Today reading, Ephesians 4 in the NLT. But first and always, we pray. Dear Lord, help us to read your word, to think about it as we're reading. We ask you, Lord, that we can walk in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, as Pastor Lawson said, so that we don't have to try to figure things out on our own and put in the effort, Lord. Yes, we want to let you in. We want to put that effort in. But in order to do that, we need to walk in fellowship with you so that we can dialogue with you and that you can help. You can put your strength into us that we can fulfill the law, that we can understand your word, that you can give us wisdom because the natural man cannot receive the things of God because they are foolishness to him. We don't want your word to be foolishness to him. We want your word to come alive in our minds and in our hearts, in the very software that operates us from day to day, so that by that way, Lord, we can do everything else well. We can be well, we can interact well with people, even people that don't like us or that we are somehow afraid. We want to be able to interact with people as seamlessly as possible, even if there are, quote, enemies. Help us to do that through the power, the binding power of the true force, which is your spirit and your Holy Son, our King. In the name of Christ, I pray, amen. Unity in the body. Boy, if there's ever a time for unity, it's now. But what are we unified in? In my former church, um, it was unified in, in Saturday, in the Sabbath, or unified in somebody else's books, or unified in some doctrine. Like, I heard somebody say, when you try to accomplish spiritual things without the spirit, it's a disaster. And to me, it's okay to have personal ideas and opinions and beliefs about the scripture, but to walk in wisdom is to walk in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Just as Mr. Lawson said, I can't get that out of my head. And unity in the body to me means unity in the heart through the power of the Holy Spirit and through trusting in God and having Jesus as your savior. It says, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Humble, humble is teachable. Humble is, hum, humble is not weakness, humble is meekness. It's hard though when people attack you. I have a really tough coworker. She really says things to me that really make me very, very angry. And I'm just like sometimes on pins and needles with this lady and I just prayed. Like she's really smart informationally wise, but she's just really, I'm sorry, kind of tactless. And she's always kind of spoiling for a fight. It's like, Lord, how come you put this person into my space? I thought you were supposed to help me, but it's like, if you want peace and all patience, God throws some really hard people in your path. When you're a Christian and you really want to make God happy, you really are surprised at the kind of people that show up in your space. They really test you. They test, they test you not wanting to retaliate or to forgive or not to fight back. Man, it's really hard because it's like they want to fight and they, and they know you're a Christian. It's almost like they're, they're, they're trying to egg you on. And, and it's like, does this person even know how they sound? Do they, are they clue? Are they, do they even know? They don't even really know or they don't even really care. People make all these rules in the world about how people should conduct themselves, but they don't follow their own rules. 
Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. I think the world is trying to yank peace away from you, honestly. I, I had a great workout today, and, and but for some reason I came home and I just started the day and I was in some kind of a, a panic. I don't know, maybe I just overworked out. And I just had this feeling of doom and gloom and then I ate food and I guess I feel better now. It's the end of the day and I'm gonna get a good rest. If you're gonna work out hard, if you're gonna go to the gym, make sure you get rest. Okay, don't keep, don't keep, go to sleep, get rest. I don't, I think this society, when we say resting before God, we mean that spiritually, but this society is not at rest. Nobody's restful. To talk to people, you're in pins and needles, you don't know if you say something or whatever, like, like there's no peace. It's like all the fruits of the spirit, the devil is trying to take away from you in the world. He's trying to throw pictures at you that, that, are, that are not right, that can be almost obscene. People are saying things that are just rude and borderline um, pornographic. Um, what else? Uh, people are rough. People drive right behind my, my, my bumper sometime. I, I gotta slow down and you know, I gotta, I put the signal on just so, and you know, and the person's right on me. And I'm like, it makes me very anxious and very nervous. And I'm thinking, what's the rush? And I'm going, who's driving that car behind me, the devil? Like, it just seems like the devil, if you're trying to live your life and you want to have the spirit of God, it's like the devil's doing everything in his power to yank it away from you. And you know, I guess I'm a bit of a nervous kind of guy. So, you know, it's like, uh, I think it was 48 hours with um, Eddie Murphy. And he said, you better give that guy his money. He's got an itchy trigger finger, which means he's kind of nervous. I guess I'm kind of like that, right? It's not a good metabolism for, for having muscles. Verse four, for there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. One body, one spirit, one body, one spirit. Many members, many different denominations but one head and that's christ our lord okay i'm i'm sorry but I, I could not be in a church with someone who's saying they're a prophet of god you know and i heard mr lawson say you know in that kind of system i don't know if he was referring to that he said if you're not believing that jesus is the messiah is the full savior if you're in a system that has somebody else then he said according to scriptures you're not trusting in the record of god you're making out God to be a liar. That's what he said in the sermon today. You're in a system and it's got Jesus and it's got somebody else, um, whether it's a man or woman saying they're speaking for God, that's, that's not trusting in Jesus as the savior. Jesus is a spokesman for God. We're just ministers or we're just deacons or elders. We're just human beings who are reading out from the scriptures and connecting to God through Jesus Christ. There should be nobody else on that manifold of the church or on the church constitution or church fundamental beliefs that says that someone else has been inspired by God. That's just word salad and that's lies and you're making the scriptures out to be a lie and when, it's, when you're doing that, you're making out God to be a liar and I don't think anybody wants to be calling God a liar to his face. That's just not gonna go well for you. Get out of that. One body, one spirit, being called to one glorious hope for the future. You can't have two voices for God, and the voice for God is Jesus Christ, who's in the Holy Scriptures. In the Old Testament, not by name, 
but in the New Testament, Jesus the Christ, Jesus bar Joseph, Christ our Lord. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father who is over all in all and living through all. However, he has given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say when he ascended to the heights, he left, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Well, you know, we all have gifts. My gift is, I don't know what my gift is. My gift is I'm a big mouth and I prattle too much. That's my gift. But I'm still, but that's what God gave me. That's what I got. That's what I'm using right now. Ain't no great brains. I got a bad memory. I'm not an athlete. What's your gift? What can you bring to the table in church? Are you a, someone who likes to serve food? Do you like to set up tables? Are you a prayer warrior? Do you like the special effects? Like those guys have all the soundboards. I see the kid doing the soundboards in my church. I have no idea what those dials are, but he knows. He's working with the computer software and he puts the songs up on the screen. That's his gift. He's a young guy, he likes that computer stuff. He's good with that. That's his gift. What's your gift? Maybe your gift is singing. This woman in my church, she's like 70 years old. She had a cancer and then she was wearing like a, a wig on. She said, this is my Doris Day wig. Like, I mean, this woman is an iron warrior and I'm, she has dignity, man. She's like 70 years old. She's got nobility, dignity. I love speaking to her. I just, what comes out of her mouth is just pearls of wisdom. She's not bossy. She's not um, narcissistic or anything like that. Just really humble and meek and smart. Do you know what I mean? Like there's some brain cells rubbing together in there. And, and she can sing, man. She's got that little quiver in the voice and she writes songs. I love all her stuff. I'm a big fan. And I know her husband, she brings her husband sometimes. He was in the church and he's like a psychologist or whatever, but he's very, he's kind of, he's got the walker on. He had a hip replacement. He didn't do as well. I mean, she had one too, but man, this woman is just up there singing, man. Like, it's incredible. I didn't, you know, you get a cancer and wow. I mean, God is really, this woman is an iron warrior. I don't know how else to say it. Incredible. Incredible. With the spirit, with the spirit, you become like iron. Iron sharpens iron. She's definitely got gifts with the singing and the music. Sometimes I hear people sing and I go, why didn't you make it big? Why didn't you have a CD and send it to people? Why aren't you, why aren't you more well known? I don't know. I guess the people on the radio must be really amazing. Of course, some of the stuff that's on the radio is, is garbage. Note that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Well, Jesus is with God now. He's above space and time. I really don't know what his origin was. I mean, people have all kinds of stuff about pre-incarnate, um, born in Jerusalem, never sinned, blah, 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 blah. Try to figure God out. Hey, you could figure God out privately. But when you make it a corporate thing and then you start turning around and smashing other people who don't quite see it your way, that to me is not the gospel. That's that's what the devil does. It's called pride and ego. Okay, whatever, whatever however Jesus started, he's sitting right next to God or on God's throne, however you want to picture it. Okay, he's God in the flesh. He's the God man or the man that is the son of God, whatever. Jesus Christ is it. Okay, he's not just he's not just a prophet, although he's called a prophet or the final prophet. Jesus is it, my friends. 
Like God, he never sinned in Hebrews 1.8, which that pastor read when I went there so long ago when I was 50 years old. God has said to, God has said to him, you are a God. God the Father said to Jesus, you are a God. Thy throne is forever. Wow. Wow. And double wow. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Hey, that's some of us. Hey, I'm a deacon. Is deacon in there? Deacon's not in there. Hey, I greet people. Hi, how you doing? I hold the door open. I set up the tables. I try to use the, the, the weightlifting stuff for the tables and the chairs. I guess it's coming in handy now. The Lord knew that I was going to be a deacon. How much brain power do I have to use? Not a whole lot. That's my talent. That's what I'm doing. I wish they put deacon in here, though. But anyways, that's my gift. Okay? This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. I'm sorry, but there's a lot of immature people in the world. I guess I would be one of them, to be honest. Immature because you got a big body and you're like, you know, 40, 50 years old, but you're like a kid. It's time to grow up now, especially in the Christian church. The Christian walk is called maturity. It's time to be mature. When you're young, you go to church, you're a consumer. You take the programs, you sit there, whatever you consume. But when you get to be a certain um, age, a certain experience, you know what? You give your talents to God. You try to serve. Some people are really good with numbers. Good thing we have this lady who was like a treasurer because she was just so good with those sheets, those financial sheets. I'd be like, I don't know what this says. Can you show me what number I should be looking at? Like she just had that dispassionate kind of mathematical way of doing these you no know, monthly things for the treasury. And she's retiring. She's been in there too long. But another guy came in because he was like, okay, you take a break now. You know, thank God we have people like this. What would happen if they said, I don't want to serve? You ask people to do something, I don't want to do it. Okay, you have a choice, I guess. But if everybody has that kind of choice, how's the church going to work? It's a bunch of volunteers. Everybody's got jobs. Some people are retired. Nobody wants to serve. Church won't happen. Bills don't get paid, worship don't happen, nothing happens. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Boy, ain't it the truth. You think the devil's going to sit around and go, oh, they're going to church now. This is wonderful. Oh, leave them alone, please. You know, you used to hear those stories. You go to the pub or with your friends or something like that. You know, I did go... You know, when I was younger, I did go to the to the club or whatever. I liked the music. You know, the girls were there. It's like, oh, wow, she's pretty hot. I'll leave her alone. She think, she's not going to go for me. But, you know, I'd be kind of there and hear the music. And this is this is good. You know, it's, but you heard the story. Well, the guardian angel stand outside. <laughs> so he is, who's inside with you in the club? And the hot girls and your friends who are smoking cigarettes and they would never do that before. The demons? Well, I tell you something, the devil is sitting in the front row of the church because all the seats are empty, sadly, and he's taking notes. And then sometimes he goes into people and say, hey, you don't like this? And they go form their own church. And they go make trouble. And they go write a bunch of books and say they're speaking for God. Well, you know what? I just read something in Zephaniah. It says even some of the false prophets, they speak arrogant lies. Why do people do this? Do they think they're speaking for God? I think some of the people who do this, they think they're speaking for God. 
They think they're speaking for God or maybe people start following them. You know, if you're a down and out person and, and you don't feel like anything and all of a sudden people start following you around, I think your ego is going to get inflated pretty fast. I don't think Billy Graham had a big ego. I think he was a very humble man. I think God gave him a talent, but he, you know, people were following him around. It's like, he's, he is a great preacher and he is a great preacher. But there are some people that just start saying things and then they probably look around and say, look at this, look how the money's rolling in. Look, people are looking at me now. I'm gonna write books now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna build a mega church. Everybody's gonna come and see me, me, me. I'm the performer here. This is my gig. No, it ain't. Be careful. You don't have to keep blasting the pastor if he says something you don't agree with. But if somebody's really off, and I, and I always say people should think. For the, I always encourage people to think. I don't want you to be a, a robot. You can't think for yourself. You know, you just kind of parrot out what you've heard when you were five years old. I'm not saying that. People are, but people are doing weird things or dancing weird things or screaming out in church or, or, or being confusing and doing weird weird behaviors and stuff like that, thinking they're searching for God. This guy was next to me in church and he started like saying weird things. And I'm sorry, I'm freaked out by that. It's like, I'm not buying that, man. I don't know, like, hey man, you know what? Uh, you wanna praise God? Sure, pipe down, eh? I can't hear what the other guy is saying, like the pastor. I, 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 don't, I don't like, I don't like weirdness. In the name of God, my weirdness be done. I don't like weird, I don't like weird people. I like someone who's pretty straight up, pretty reasonable. Hey, if you're a little flamboyant, you like attention, I get it. But if you're being like just downright scary weird, hey, you know what? I wanna put some distance between me and you. Verse 15, instead we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ who is the head of his body, the church. I don't think Jesus was a weirdo, okay? I don't think Jesus was a, a, a wingnut, whacknut, shouting at people, his eyes rolling in his head like gigantic eggs. I don't think Jesus was like that at all. I think he was pretty calm, pretty reasonable, but he could get angry, but he didn't sin, but he definitely called out hypocrisy. He definitely did not like hypocrisy and sin. Verse 16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Jesus is the head. Jesus is the, Jesus is the head. The Godhead lives in him, okay? It's his teachings, his life, his salvation, his sacrifice. He is the eschaton from Genesis 3.15. Somebody's coming the, whose heel is going to be bruised, but he's going to crush the head of the serpent. It's on him. It was put on him. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I don't mind being a toe on the body of Christ. I don't even mind being a carbuncle or a bunion as long as I'm attached to the, to the body of Christ. As long as Jesus is my savior and leader. As long as I'm walking in the fellowship of him, not somebody else's opinions that, well, could be good. I have no problem with somebody's opinion because I have opinions myself. I have eisegesis too. I don't have to push it on people. I don't have to fight about it. Someone else's opinions of the scripture is not scripture. God wants you to read it for yourself. Think for yourself. You are not going to agree with people on opinions and information on hermeneutic. Let me get that straight right now. 
because there's too many books and commentaries and all that. And every book, I like commentaries, but commentaries are commentaries. The word of God is coming in the scriptures and it was put there for us to read it and to think about it and to mature through it. That's what I think. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I don't think God wants us to be stagnant. We are growing. We are, we are living in, we are, we are like Adam and Eve in the garden of Eden before they sinned, but because we have the new covenant, but we are living in a world of sin. We are living in a world of darkness. We're the children of Israel wandering around in the desert of this world. My wisdom tooth has to be taken out. It's killing me. It's, it, it was quiet for a while. Now it started up again. And I'm thinking, what would happen if I lived in the 1700s and I, there was no dentist to do a surgery? What would happen? Like, how would, how would I deal with this for my whole life? My friend says that their lifespan was quite shorter. So thank God we live in this society where there's information, where there's these techniques, where we have this knowledge, where we can do these things. Thank God. So we live in a great age, but at the same time, we live in an age that seems to be more about information and facts than it is about wisdom and deferring to God through relationships. In that way, it seems to be darkening. Verse 17, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Oh dear. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. Just like Pharaoh. Pharaoh hardened his heart. He didn't want to hear. He saw the miracles. He saw it, right? Moses proved it to him. He saw them. He said, take them away. Moses does. He said, no, I'm not letting you guys go. I, I, I just had a delusion. Yeah, I'm okay now. I'm not afraid anymore. I had a good night's sleep. It's all gone. Thanks. Nope, you're not leaving. He just hardened his heart. He hardened his heart. And then finally, God had to give the worst thing where the, 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 the young, the, the elders, the eldest firstborn of every house, including his own son, got killed. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like they were killing the babies of the Israelites. And then all of a sudden, their babies got killed. And death is a really horrible teacher. Because when you learn that lesson, he learned his lesson, he couldn't bring his son back. I bet you those musician, magician guys tried to like resurrect the son. Because they were trying to do all this other stuff, but they probably couldn't do it, right? We don't want death to teach us. We want to know now. We don't want to harden our heart now. I've, I've talked to many people in my own family and, and they're just, they're just done. They don't hear what I'm saying. And you know, the Bible says, or the spirit says, I think it's just leave them alone. You did your part. You made your pitch. You told them they were born into something that's skewed and slanted. They didn't want to hear it. They, what did they do? Nothing. They didn't change their mode of action at all. I did my very best. I did my best. It's really hard to see. All you can do, if you're a Christian and you're you're dealing with your family or you're on, you're trying to tell them or they're on top of you, all you can do is pray for them. Just like Moses prayed in Exodus 32. That's all you can do. What? Can, there's nothing more you can do. There's no argument you can construct. 
Even Jesus made his best pitch to the people. He, he was a savior, he was perfect. They saw, but their pride and their narcissism just, they, they couldn't change, they wouldn't change. They just decided, hey, you know what? This guy's gotta go. Only Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea saw the light. Aram, Joseph of Arimathea. Only those two guys. Maybe some other dudes did too that are not mentioned in the scripture by name. But the majority of those dudes just stayed right where they're at. Gamaliel, you know, that dude who was uh, um, Paul's teacher, he seemed to be pretty open. He said, take care of what you do with these men. He sounded pretty open. I'd like to think that that guy was thinking. But the record of the scriptures, I don't really think that he really was like an outright Christian. If he was, he was a closet Christian. But the other guys were just hard and fast. Nope, we're not going to be persuaded. We're not going to we're not going to admit that we're wrong. So it says they have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. There's a lot of weirdness going on in the world with this. There's a lot of impure lifestyles going on and they seem to be um, embraced. Seem to be embraced and being taught to children. Like, there are people who are not religious, they want nothing to do with the Christian church, but they got kids. And I just wondered to myself, are they not seeing that people are trying to groom their children? Do they not see this? Are they afraid? Verse 20, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created, created to be like God, true, truly righteous and holy. I got a friend and he says that the church has caused him pain and he definitely is open to Christ, but he just doesn't seem to want to go over the... And I just wondered to myself, maybe this guy really does want to be a believer, but he just, it's like, that's his destiny. And he doesn't want to embrace his destiny, so he's really unhappy. It's like he's in, a, he's, in, he's in his own civil war. It says, verse 24, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this to, that I can know God better. But you know what? I'm talking into a phone and this is going on the internet. It's going to somebody. I ain't no, I ain't no pastor. This, is, this ain't a call. Okay, we ain't going to play no music here. You know, sappy emotional music where you're like, okay, we're going to make a call now. And we're going to play this music for another minute. And then you just get out of your seat, come down to the front and say, that's not what happened in here. God is calling you through his words. Put on your new nature. Maybe you've been thinking about this for a long time. This is, this, this, this is the push you need. It's going to be way better than you could have possibly imagined. But the devil takes some shots at you. I'll be honest, it'll take some shots at you. The world's got nothing to give you but a cold hole in the ground and a coffin. And a lot of philosophy and a lot of good times and good movies. Some of these movies are amazing, but you know what? The more amazing they make, the more the special effects are, the more they have to make it, pump it up even more. Because people are just getting so filled up with the special effects that the special effects that used to work and dazzle them don't do nothing for them anymore. They need more and more special effects in computer CGI in order for that to spark an interest. 
It's like the law of diminishing returns. You have one candy, it's amazing. Then you have three or four candies, it's amazing but not as amazing. Then you have to have more candy to get a hit. And then finally, it doesn't matter how much candy you have, you just get sick of it. It doesn't do anything for you anymore. It just bores you to death. That's this world. This world is just empty and temporal. It's got nothing for you. It doesn't fill you up, it leaves you empty. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth for we're all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. I got anger problems sometimes. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Yes, I've been angry with my wife. She's a sweet person, but I don't like what she said to me. But you know, Psalm says, how long shall I take counsel in my soul? How long shall I have sorrow in my heart? Psalm 32, five. How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? When is this all going to be over? When is this all going to be over? Because it's designed, like I was saying, it just the devil is trying to get you angry to make you eject the Holy Spirit from your heart so he could get a foothold into you. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to, because if you're involved, even in religious discussions, we had lots of them and we just fought each other until we were so angry. We just forgot why we were fighting. It's like, now I just have to win. Now I just have to pull out the guns and just throw everything I have at you to just totally reduce you to rubble so I can win. And you know what? You know what we won? Absolutely nothing. All my friends and I, we just kind of destroyed our friendships. And then finally, we've rebuilt it now because we're all tired and we're all old and we're all just fed up. And it's so hard to form connections and friends in this world. And when you do have friends that you've grown up with, you've known from the church, you know something? You hold on to those friends. Hold on to people that you've had, that you can trust. These dudes and I will never agree about Jesus probably ever again, but they're my friends. And you know what? We've been through thick and through thin together. We've had fights, we've called each other names, we've sworn and cursed at each other. And then it's like, hey man, I'm so sorry. Can we go to McDonald's? <laughs> okay, you're the last guy here. You're the loser that's late, so you're gonna buy all the fries. Okay, I need a Big Mac. I love Big Macs. They always give me heartburn. Can I have two? <laughs> I love Big Macs. They always give me heartburn though. I don't understand. It tastes great, and yet I always get a heartburn. That's okay. They keep you coming back for more. Verse 28, if you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. My friends, the second coming of Christ is your new life. Yeah, your new life begins right now. But when Jesus comes through those clouds, you're going to, I don't know where you're going. You're going to earth, you're going to heaven, you're coming back to earth. I know what's happened during the thousand years. I know what I've heard. This is your new home, the new covenant earth, but not like it is now. And that's forever and ever, and you won't be bored. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it for me, as one of the songs on YouTube say. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it for me. 
and I know that God is not lying to me. I know this. Verse 31, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Powerful, powerful words. These are the words of life. God bless.